Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And for those that don't know, or if we have any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves just a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that we do the hard work and then we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, our listeners. That's exactly what we do. And just so everybody knows, we are not experts about anything we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yep, and that is exactly true with this week's topic, Ollie, which is net zero carbon emissions. Here we are then, Liam. This week's topic took us a little while to settle on the actual name of the topic there. What was it you just called it? Uh, net zero carbon emissions. Not what I would call it all week, carbon neutrality, which I think sounded a bit complicated. <laughs> but it's it's one of those one of those terms like net zero. It's getting banded around a lot more, isn't it? There's a lot of like companies making lots of promises around net zero and even countries making promises around being net zero um so we just thought it's a bit of a buzzword let's look into it did you know much about this before the start of the week no chalk this one up to things i didn't know very much about no i couldn't i don't know i, I think i might not no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no i don't <laughs> I was trying to think, did I know anything? Like, I could have guessed probably if you pushed me on it, but I didn't really know anything about it. Like, it's not, it's not the sort of thing that 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 I think about, if I'm honest. No, okay. What, yeah. You? Um, I couldn't have told you what what it's about. Like, we'll be able to go through today, but I knew it was doing something good for the environment and something to do with carbon and and companies wanting to be like more sustainable or look more sustainable. But no, I, I couldn't really have told you too much about it. Maybe throwing out the word carbon offsetting is something which I've, I've read about, but didn't really know too much. But it's it's been super interesting, hasn't it? Yeah, I've enjoyed this week. Yeah, carbon offsetting became a bit of a, a big thing. We actually nearly changed the title of the episode to carbon offsetting yeah. when we started learning yeah. about it. So uh, um, yeah. yeah, I think we'll talk about that in a bit. So, so what it is, like, like we were saying, like companies that they have been making lots of promises. You see it with, you know, the likes of Amazon. They'll be telling people that we're going to reduce our carbon footprint to net zero. Or Unilever, they're saying that it's committing to net zero emissions. And even Shell, you know, obviously a, a big polluting company, they're saying that they can achieve a net zero emissions worldwide, which, which sounds like incredible given the size of those companies, the amount of cars that they've got on the road or even shell where they're producing oil, which we keep on getting told that, that fossil fuels are bad, but even they, they reckon they can strive to do it. So yeah. What, what does net zero actually mean? So I think we probably better go back to a, we're talking about emissions, haven't we? Just like yeah. when you say emissions, we mean like the production of carbon dioxide, don't we? It's like a, it's a byproduct of their production method, isn't it? Yes. And, and they create carbon dioxide it goes into the atmosphere, and then, as probably most of us know, it, it it's a greenhouse gas, and it warms up the planet. So lots and lots of companies and countries even are committing to producing less carbon dioxide and hopefully 
alleviating some of the issues surrounding global warming. Yeah, and it, it, we're not here today to be talking about climate change and global warming and everything per se, but a lot of scientists out there are saying that the whole world needs to hit a target by 2050 yeah. um, of being net zero to avoid the worst consequences of climate change. So that's that's what scientists are saying. There's There's been some big like global get-togethers of countries. There was the Paris Agreement, where I think there was 195 countries. They signed up and said that they would play their part in trying to pollute less um, and, and get to that net zero. Yeah, so um, just some of the examples, I guess, of, of how how these emissions are being produced, because we're going to talk about companies trying to, to reduce it, right? But just, you know, I think the most obvious one is the burning of like fossil fuels, burning of coal and oil and natural gas for energy. Um, we learned that before, didn't we? You know, that's that's the heat of the water and it turns into a steam engine and it creates power. Like, yes, couldn't believe that when we learned that. But yeah, that's one of the largest sources of carbon dioxide. Deforestation is a is a terrible one. You know, they are trees are very good at storing carbon dioxide, and as they get cut down, the carbon is released. Agriculture, industrial processes, you know, like cement, like, like certain things, yeah. they, they produce loads of carbon dioxide as a byproduct of us as humans creating other things. Cement being a really, really big one, one of the chemical transformations that happens there. You know, we build a lot of stuff, so we make a lot of cement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, things like just driving in your car that produces yep. emissions or taking aeroplanes, um, they just traveling around. But like, it's, it's almost like, why is this bad? And it's, it's that the, the emissions, there are other emissions and other greenhouse gases, but the one that we're really focusing on today is CO2 or carbon yeah. dioxide. So there are yeah. other ones, like there are methane, for example, as well. That's, that's really damaging for the environment. Um, but the, the reason why these emissions are bad is that they end up um, staying within the atmosphere and then these gases absorb the sun's energy. And then that means that our planet is then slowly warming up. And yeah. that's, that's the climate change part. And so you don't want to have, you don't to have this heat trapped in our ozone yeah. layer. Well, you don't want to have Ooh, it trapped in uh, because then it's, it's then more likely to, to contribute to, this is what scientists say, contribute to like, climate change and extreme weather and, and everything else that then goes on it. Yeah. So bad, right? Carbon <laughs> emissions equal bad. Uh, like we were saying, countries, companies, uh, right. Well, so how can I reduce my carbon footprint, if you like, you know, that, that the amount of emissions that they produce. And so, yeah, trying to get to this net zero, this magical, this magical amount. Um, I think the actual dream is to get carbon zero, though, isn't it? Like to produce no emissions. Yeah, so uh, th that's probably a good thing just to explain there the difference because uh, you you sometimes hear carbon net zero, you sometimes hear no carbon, or you hear carbon neutral. They're they're all sort of banded around, but they're not all the same thing, are they? No, yeah, car net uh, carbon zero is like that's the dream one. That's like we don't produce any carbon. We we don't have any bad emissions we are 100% electric everything we use recyclable you know like like the absolute dream company and you're saying that so that electricity comes from solar power or it comes yeah. from re renewable energy 
Yeah, yeah, and there is no emissions at any point of the, the production of whatever it is they're doing. That's zero carbon. But obviously, that being a dream, the next best option is to go something called net zero or carbon neutral, which are very interchangeable. Yes. Do you want to have a stab at explaining what that means to be so net that, zero then? Yeah. So what that means as it net zero is that it refers to balancing out the amount of carbon emissions that you're putting into the atmosphere. So if you think that by doing something and they, they measure it in metric tons. So by doing yep. something, you're adding three metric tons of carbon emissions into the atmosphere. It means that what you can do is you can have certain projects or have certain initiatives in place that will then remove those three tons that you've then put into the atmosphere. Yeah. So you've balanced out, you've, um, you, you've, you've gone, you've righted the wrongs, if you like, you know, yeah, you, you've made the world a better, you know, I, I'm accidentally making one ton of carbon because I'm making all these t-shirts, but somewhere in South America, I've planted 40,000 trees, which also, which removes one ton of carbon from the atmosphere. So therefore I'm even, right? Yeah, and it's, well. And, and I'm net zero. I'm basically, I'm at nothing. I'm at nothing. I haven't done anything, have I? It's yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what it is, isn't it? Put three in, but I've managed to get three out by another way. So I'm now net zero. So it's like admitting that you know that you're doing some wrong and you can't be a, a zero, carbon zero type of company. But yeah. this is now super popular and you see lots of big companies saying that they're making their production lines net zero, or even if you're flying, you have options where you can then pay to then make it a net zero flight. And they it comes with some controversy that we'll get into. And there may be, it's not quite as straightforward as what they might want you to believe. But what, what I wanted to look into at the beginning was everything seems to talk about these metric tons. And you know, if I put in, if I put a bajillion metric tons of CO2 in, then I need to then get rid of a bajillion metric tons. I got no idea what a metric ton of carbon is. It just, I can't get just, my head around it. Well, when you're saying get rid of, by the way, the terminology for that is to offset. That's where this term carbon offsetting comes from. So you, you offset the, the bad by doing something good. Um, and yeah. that's, yeah, the, 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 what they do is to get to net zero they offset their carbon emissions. So like we were saying, they, they accidentally, emis uh, they accidentally, uh, you know, they, they pump out three tons and they offset those three tons by investing in three tons worth of wind farms or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyway, right. what, what is a ton though? So yeah. What is a metric ton? One unit of, of carbon emissions. Now what's a ton of, uh, do you know what I picture this as like a ton of smoke coming out of a chimney? Cause that's yeah, like, okay. you know, the, Black smoke coming out of a factory. Yeah, right? yeah, That's yeah. horrific, right? What does a ton of that look like? It can't <laughs> be that heavy. Like, doesn't it all squish down to like, like just a, a balloon or something? Like, no idea. No, and that that's the the thing about trying to put this into terms that I could understand, and then hopefully everyone else might understand as well. So, a a metric ton of CO two is the equivalent of driving six thousand kilometers in a diesel car. Okay. Or it's the equivalent of 11 refrigerators powered for one year. They produce okay. a metric ton. Or it's refueling an SUV, so like a bit of a bigger car, 46 times. Or it's 120, 127,000 smartphones being charged. 
So okay. if that helps, I don't know if that helps or not. You know, like where we've said before, everything gets measured within double-decker buses or football pitches. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that helps me. How big would the balloon be that would be full of all that smoke coming out of a chimney? And then and then that less that. You know, you drive around the country and you see them just smashing out. It's just smoking the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. How much must that be pumping out? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so much. So what what are some examples then of offsetting? Because companies in the first place, we're saying that they're trying to offset something. So they've acknowledged that they they're putting some emissions into the into the atmosphere. So maybe what they'll do in the first place is they'll try and measure the emissions or try and understand how much they're emitting as a yep. business in the first place. So that's yep. what they're trying to do. Step one. Uh, and then I think the second thing most businesses will do is they will try and reduce them as best they can. Okay. So you're not going to offset straight away. The first thing you want to do is go, right, well, can we, you know, can we, can we reduce this? And, and that'll be through like the installation of solar panels yep. or better heating and insulation in your offices and factories. So you don't have to have your radiators on all the time. You know, all those things that we've probably heard of, maybe not putting tinfoil down the back of their radiators, but you know, th those sorts of things where they reduce their energy consumption, yep. uh, you know, recyclable yeah. stuff that they, they will, you know, packaging and all, all that sort of thing. Yep. Um, you know, uh, car sharing with their employees, all that sort of stuff that can just try and reduce the emissions that they're producing as a company. Switching their fleet of vans from being petrol or diesel to electric powered ones. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Um, Remind me of that later. I actually read something about that that's perhaps not as good. I yeah. Like, yeah. We... What, with, with lithium batteries? Yeah. When we talk about the criticisms <laughs> in a bit. <laughs> yeah. So just trying to think of ways that as a company they could then put less into the atmosphere. They, they then reduce it. Then this is where it gets a little bit dodge in my mind. Yeah. So they get to a point where they've now, they've now reduced it as much as they can, but they now know they're in a meeting somewhere and they go, right, Jim, we are producing 4,000 tons of carbon every year that we just can't, can't not do unless we radically change everything. Okay. So we'll offset that. So what we'll do is we'll find a project somewhere around the world. We'll invest in it. And this project will remove 4,000 tons from the atmosphere. One of the very common ones that I think we probably heard of a lot is like replanting, reforestation. So the planting of more trees, right? So you'll go and plant a whole forest full of trees somewhere around the world where they're going to grow nice and, and you know, you, it's going to make you feel good because those trees are doing that, right? Yeah. That's a really <laughs> common one. Then the, the other one is preventing trees getting cut down yeah so you, they're like the forest related ones that they do and the reason for this and liam you threw the term out there earlier about trees being like a biological sink it's there yeah. that they're really good at absorbing co2 carbon dioxide yeah. and then they turn it into oxygen for us um, but there, there are a couple of couple of things that are really good at being a biological sink aren't there so it's trees our atmosphere yeah soil soil is very good at it and our oceans phytoplankton in our oceans absorb approximately 25 percent of all carbon emissions making them one of the world's largest carbon sinks yep so you know if we can you know keep the oceans nice and keep them in there then they'll be sucking up the carbon so yeah so anyway that is one way you know um growing of trees and uh or or 
not chopping down the trees. Uh, you've got like investing, like we said earlier, investing in wind farms and solar farms, uh, renewable energy, you know, uh, dams and things like that in countries that are blessed with loads of rivers and lakes and things. You know, there are lots of projects where you can invest in things like that. And then 10 wind farms are going to produce this much energy. So, you know, I'll invest in this many wind farms. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then another way is where you can just get rid of it by burying it deep into the ground as far as you can. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, they, 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 I don't know, claim might be the wrong word. I guess it must happen uh, to, uh, yeah, capture the carbon and then, yeah, and then bury it in like, like sort of where oil comes out. You know, you've got these fissures underground that we've talked about before where the natural gas comes from, these splits. Yeah. And it can just bury it under there, almost like um, like toxic waste. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's got a pretty fancy term. This I'd never heard of this before. But it's called geo sequestration. Yeah, geo sequestration yeah. is the is is the term. And what they what they do is they they get the carbon, and then they manage to under pressure of compressing it together, and heating it, turn it into a fluid. Okay. A type a type of fluid and then they bury it down they go down almost like you were saying like when we did the um the, the natural gas one they then go and put it drill it into some porous rocks to then make sure it or then never come back out and then close it up there are obviously some risks associated with doing this i mean if you're if you're doing it somewhere where there's potential earthquakes or something <laughs> at some point it could all then just end up coming back out of the of the earth again so you, yeah. yeah they obviously need to be super careful where they're doing it and apparently they go at least three thousand feet deep um before sealing it off so so that's what companies invest in right things like that and i think the biggest criticism i have is uh, and and it, I think this is, you know, from the research this week, I, I, I would think there's probably a lot of people that think this accountability. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, massively. So that, well, it's, it got me thinking, like, why why are companies doing this as well? And Go it's on. it's to it's to look good, isn't it? It's from a yeah. marketing point of view. Yeah. It's for you to then think. It's almost like playing on the the guilt that everybody has of needing to reduce your own carbon and then thinking right oh, i'm really pleased that apple are telling me that they're now got a carbon neutral or no sorry they've got a net zero production line yeah instead. so just to make you feel a little bit better about why they're doing it it's a bit like from a marketing point of view isn't it but there are there are loads and loads of companies that have signed up to this globally there are you know over two thousand companies that are saying that they they're going to be net zero by 2030 or in some cases by by 2050 um but exactly as you were saying liam it's that whole accountability and like yeah can you really prove it can they prove what it is that they're doing uh i i can't i can't say as much there are some companies that that will like sign off on it and verify that these these offsets are happening so so whatever Apple or whatever company say, oh, we're going to plant this many trees in Peru. There'll be a company, the ver there's a few of them. One of them is the verified carbon standard who, who sign off to say, yes, they've planted this many trees uh, and, and they have 
offsetted this much carbon. But the problem is the companies themselves, aren't they owned by other these companies anyway? Like, they're not government-backed, are they, or anything like that? Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be neutral third parties who then sign off about the the efficacy of the program that's in place. But they're not really accountable to anybody, and there aren't really the regulations in place. It's almost like if you and I wanted to start the Two Guys, One Topic carbon offset program, we, we yeah. could. <laughs> we could do. Yeah. If there were listeners who wanted to say, um, yep, yeah, we've we've got some land here that we're not going to chop trees down on, um, so you can then then sell those carbon credits to somebody else. There, there aren't really regulations in place that prevent you from doing that. And it, one of the one of the words that I came across this week, which is in relation to those projects and how they do it and proving it, was the word additionality. Yeah, and big word. Big word, isn't it, within this space? And that's the idea that the offset should provide additional reduction of carbon that wouldn't have happened any other way. Yeah, so the, the idea being this company pays to plant trees that were not going to already be planted. And that's a bit of a, a dicey subject. You know, there, there are companies, that are, you know, they're going to pay for this wind farm to be built, but that wind farm was not already going up. But there's a lot of debate around, well, that was already happening uh, and you've come along and you've given us some money towards it, but we'd already funded it. So yeah. is, it, is it in addition, are you actually helping to pull more carbon out of the environment or was it already got done? Yeah, there was there was one study that I heard about where it's saying that wind turbine projects in India, for instance, found that there are at least 52 of the approved carbon offset projects that would likely have already been built anyway. So, yeah, so these companies are, are claiming to offset their carbon by building these wind farms. And, you know, as, as consumers or, whatever, you know, we're like, oh, great, that's amazing. Those wind farms were already going up, already you know, signed off. They're already going to happen. It doesn't matter. You haven't got, paid for it. I've got one here for you that I read about. And I probably we should probably just say allegedly it at the front here just to cover ourselves from a, from a legal standpoint of view. So this is just an alleged story. I can't, I can't say I categorically know it, but allegedly, apparently, JP Morgan, that they had announced that they'd achieved carbon neutrality across its operations in 2020. And one of the ways that it claimed to have done, done that by eliminating its carbon footprint was buying almost a million dollars worth of offsets. And they were claiming it was to protect an area in Pennsylvania called... Hawk Mountain Sanctuary. But it turns out that the threats to the sanctuary were never really there. They were massively overstated and overblown. And that's because the company that sold them those credits already owned a load of land within that sanctuary. So they were never, yeah. it, it was, it was never going to get cut down anyway. But JP Morgan have then bought a load of credits to save something that didn't need saving. Yeah, which is a bit, a bit dodge, isn't it? Yeah, the, these credits being tons of carbon that they're allowed to produce. Yeah, you know, so you buy you buy a wind farm and that's worth whatever it might be worth five thousand carbon credits. So you you've got a wind turbine and now you can you can emit like another five thousand. That's one of the other critics uh, criticisms of this is it doesn't it, these companies are enormous and the amount of money the offset costs them 
they might as well just pay it. They've got no incentive to actually try to reduce their carbon emissions because they can afford the offset. So they just they just buy it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. It boggled my mind just a little bit. Like, like what's the point of it? Like, they're just... How much money does Shell make? Literally, literally billions and billions, tens of hundreds of billions every three months, every time they announce their money. Like, yeah. why does it matter to them if they pay a million dollars to buy some buy a bunch of trees? Yeah. Like, well, it, it's it then circles back to that whole they look good as a company, so I feel yeah. good as a consumer that I'm I'm buying something from a company that's conscious about the 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 environment and you know Earth as a future. That that JP Morgan story. The company that sold them the offset, somewhere called Nature Conservancy, and they also sold a bunch of credits to Disney for another forest in Pennsylvania, where they said it was at risk from significant commercial timber. But again, it wasn't because that Nature Conservancy held a load of land in that place yeah. that Disney then signed off. But it's like, so is this a good thing, right? You know, that. The, the companies are trying to be conscious about it, uh, but so what? what? What's the what's the downside of this that they're doing it? And I, I suppose the downside is that Disney then can make those big bold statements by saying that we've managed to reduce four hundred million tons of carbon dioxide. You know, equal to taking nine hundred thousand cars off the road. Look at us, we're really good. When they haven't really done anything because of that that word additionality. It was yeah, things yeah. That, that was never really going to have an impact in the first place. Um, and it, there, there's some crazy things around the people who provide that land. They don't need to say that they're, they're not going to cut down their trees forever. They can put a time yeah. limit, can't they? Yeah. Uh, uh, it can be a year. Like if I've got <laughs> yeah. a tree in my back garden, uh, the chip shop around the corner, I could say, right, I won't chop this tree down if you give me whatever, and, you know, you're carbon neutral for the year, but you've got to pay me again next year because I might chop it down next year. It's not, you know, this tree isn't safe forever. And that's one of the things about um, one of the criticisms of, of planting all these trees. To plant the tree, a tree doesn't, doesn't become mature enough to pull enough carbon out the, the, um, the atmosphere for like 20 years. <laughs> so you plant all these trees. What if the land gets deforested? Is the whole land set? Is it safe now forever? Long yeah. enough that the tree can grow back? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. a really good point. And on the on on the tree, um, the tree angle there, apparently, and again, I you know, I don't know this um, as a hundred percent matter of fact, but I've read it in a few different sort of reliable sources that there aren't there isn't enough space on the planet to plant the amount of trees we need to offset all yeah. the carbon that we're then pumping out into the atmosphere. I've read that. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't offset every, these carbon sinks we're talking about, the atmosphere, forests, soil, and oceans. I read that. Yeah, I read the same thing. There isn't enough of them for all of our offsets. So, what, so we have to reduce emissions at source. Yeah. When we're saying like, like Shell or, or these huge companies that don't really have an incentive to, to try probably as hard as they should. But they should because we can't offsets. There's just not enough offsets for all the companies to offset all of their carbon. So, you know, they need to, even if they plant the trees everywhere. Yeah, it's one of the re one do. of the reasons. Like they they can't plant trees because, as we learned in our vegan episode, like forty percent of all land is farmland for growing food for us. And the planet has got so many people in it now. You know, it's like 140 million people more a year or something. I'd read this week. Like. 
we just need more farmland, which means they can't plant trees because they've got to yes. grow more farm. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. A bit of a, a bit of a horrible cycle here, I guess. You just sort of get stuck. <laughs> um, yeah. With that whole, the incentive for companies to do it, there was something that I then started looking into this week. I know you did as well called scope three. This is where you get the, the companies who acknowledge that they've got a problem with emitting emissions into the atmosphere rather than just addressing that they make sure that they've got more efficient heating in the company that they are changing their cars from being diesel to electric and all of those types of things they then push it out with their whole supply chain or even then what their product is is doing in the first place so i i think an example of this was a car wasn't it yeah yeah, you're, you're like, you know, if, if you, you can you can reduce your emissions to, to, to make a car, but then if it produces emissions for the people that are buying it, is that on you still? Is that an emission yeah. on your, you know, the consumer using your product creates emissions doing so. So is that your emissions or is that on them? And, it, you know, companies trying to, you know, all your stuff that gets delivered to your factory, you're using another company to deliver this stuff. Yeah, but their vans aren't electric. Yeah, yours are fantastic. But what about your your supply chain? And you know, it all spreads out, which is great if they can sort it all out because it encourages everybody else to do it. But you know, how far is too far before before it's just you just can't you can't reduce everyone's emissions. Yeah, and that that's the that's the idea. Yeah, scope three where you then have that bigger impact where it sort of branches out like a tree where. By dealing with that supplier, they then make sure their suppliers then do it, which then spreads out to other people and it just uh-huh. keeps them going and going. So that whole where companies are trying to reduce their scope three emissions is almost like taking and, uh, the next layer. Did you read about the carbon market where the companies will sell allowances to each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go on, explain that to us. So this is whereby certain governments will, will set limits on companies the amount of emissions they're allowed to set this is before they even offset anything like you're only allowed to emit this much but let's say one company emits 400 tons and they're only allowed to emit 300 tons but another company only emits 200 tons they basically buy those extra 100 tons that the other company haven't produced and say we'll give you some money so that we can produce extra yeah 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 again there's what's the incentive like I'm making too much emissions. You're not making enough. So I'll give you a bit of money and I'll have your extras that you're not making. And I'll count it. It's almost like a permission slip I'd read as like, that allows me to do a few extras because I've bought the 10 that you're not doing. I'll have them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, by by having that, by having offsets in place, there's an argument saying that it just means that companies can buy their way out, out of trouble. So Liam, you talking about food earlier, that reminds me of, I, I think it was our bananas episode where, Actually, we can maybe save this for the takeaway and we can go into it properly. But where you said that the amount of bananas that get wasted, the emissions that they then emit are astronomical um, and comparable to the airline industry. But we'll, we'll dig that out properly and go go into that. One of the other areas that I was looking at is, uh, I don't know if you realise, watching Netflix is a bad way to contribute to your emissions. Really? Why? Yeah. Well, every activity in the chain that's required to stream the video from the use of the huge data centers that are in place, the transmission of it over Wi-Fi, your broadband watching it and the electricity that's used on your device or whatever you're watching, 
that generates and emits greenhouse gases to do so. Okay. And so it's claimed that watching 30 minutes of Netflix gives off 1.6 kilograms of CO2. What does that mean? Well, that's the same as driving almost four miles. So watching 30 minutes of Netflix is like driving four miles from a carbon footprint point of view. Interesting. Talking about, here's another random one then. We were saying about electric cars earlier, how good they are, right? Or yep. getting an electric car produces less. The problem is there's some evidence to suggest that the, the production of the lithium batteries that electric cars make produces far more carbon than a non-electric car. Yeah. But, you know, that's, you know, if you're buying the electric car to save the planet, if that's your reason, might not be the best thing. If it's because, you know, it's cheaper to run and things like that, you're great, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> great, isn't it? So uh, are we on track to reach net zero by 2050? Because that's the big thing. Are we on track? Uh, as a planet? Yeah. Uh, I don't know the answer. I'm going to go with no. No, that's exactly it. We're not on track. So we had it where I said earlier, there are 195 parties at the Paris Agreement that signed up to um, reduce their carbon emissions. Um, I think it was in 2010 when they all signed up. And the idea is that keeping global warming to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius a year. Um, but it turns out, yeah, no one, no one's really getting anywhere near the commitments that they said, because the, the things that it then impacts is the, the population. So by all of a sudden saying to everybody, you need to go to electric cars, you need to get rid of your diesel ones. And everyone's like, right, I need to now find all the money to buy a new car to then start being compliant with the rules that the governments want to put in place. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of good talk out there. And it seems to be that the route that a lot of countries are going down at the moment, including the UK and Norway and a few others, is they're just buying their offsets rather than actually forcing the, the population to reduce their emissions. Wow. OK, well, I think off the back of this episode, I feel a little bit more critical. <laughs> I, I've learned what it is. So I've learned what carbon zero is and what carbon offsetting is. Like I know the thing now. The problem is I've learned about it and now I, I, I'm not 100% on board with it. And I, I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. So, so offsets, as we were saying, like in a bit of a summary, they don't encourage polluters to stop producing greenhouse gases. They just no, encourage the core, them to... Not to, the core level. No, they, they just encourage others to they just encourage them to fund other entities or companies to do so yeah. and yet yeah, carbon offsets won't solve climate change unless like you you then hear deal with the issue at the, the very center of it all so yeah I'm, I'm a little bit more cynical and skeptical this week after to going through this but should we end on maybe something a little bit more interesting bit of a, a lighter note i think methane is that, is that lighter than carbon Talk yeah. about two guys one topic takeaway yeah which randomly we both came across the same fact this week so uh we're gonna go with just uh we got one fact don't we so we said that carbon is bad for the environment we actually mentioned earlier that methane being another greenhouse gas methane is 20 times worse than carbon methane methane's the thing that comes out of a cow's bum isn't it yeah that's right yeah yeah, so, but the, the most efficient way to deal with methane is to burn it 
but burning it produces carbon. So how can that possibly be efficient? The reason being, because methane is so much worse than carbon, actually, if you burn it, the amount of carbon you're left with is like 5% as bad as the methane was in the first place. Yes. It's amazing. Like, so you, 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 by burning it, you've then reduced your net emissions by 95%, which seems yeah. so counterintuitive, doesn't it? We're going to get this gas. It's really bad. We're going to burn it. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good it's thing. Just set it on fire. We'll have one of those little fires going on forever. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. So that's it. That's I think that's sort of covered all the most important parts of carbon emission net zero. What was yeah. it that you called yeah. it the topic at the start? Net zero carbon emissions. <laughs> we'll have a stab. Hopefully that won't put it won't have put too many people off listening. Uh, no. But, but super interesting. Super interesting. Learned so much this week about yeah, re- about it and what goes into it. And yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, really topical, right? Like like we picked it because it's pretty relevant at the minute. So hopefully, you know, you'll be able to chat along um, about it and what it is and perhaps some of the criticisms of it that may or may not be true. But I don't know. Feels like they're more true, I would say, than than they're not. But you know. By the time we do our wrap-up episode in what, like six, eight weeks or something, you know, there might be some new information. This is a, this is one of those topics that's probably going to like update, isn't it, over yes. time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, brilliant. So hopefully, everyone listening, you've learned a little bit more as well. You um, potentially could hold a conversation about this topic, and you've enjoyed hearing what you've learned. If you've got any questions or you've, there's anything specific you want us to include in the wrap-up episode at the end of the series, just let us know best way to do that is to get in contact with us on our social channels we're at two guys one topic on everything so that's instagram facebook x threads whatever it is that that you're on we're at two guys one topic thank you very much for listening everybody we'll be back with you next tuesday but until then get out there and share some net zero carbon emission knowledge nice got it right first time (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.